0: How often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Nope, says Jesus. Not seven times, 77 times. I don't know about you, but my natural state is nowhere near that forgiving. Just this week, yet another, let's say, so-and-so in the parking garage over there didn't pay ahead of time figured it out when they got to the exit, when you're supposed to put in that nice little ticket that's paid, and they jumped right out of their car, putting on the blinkers, blocking the path to the exit booth, and ran over to pay. Teeny-weeny little offense against my time, yet I'm fuming. My head is full of all sorts of horrible stuff I wanna shout. And yet at the same time, I'm praying, please, God, I hope this is not one of our parishioners. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> How often shall I give, forgive? Not seven times, 77 times. And that feels like an impossible standard. And it especially feels impossible when we take a look at our much bigger and real hurts the suffering caused by others, injuries from our past, injuries from people today. These wounds and their painful offspring, anger, fear, resentment, they stay with us like unwanted hitchhikers hanging on to our souls unless we forgive. The parable Jesus tells Peter paints a picture of what forgiveness looks like. And this picture comes right after the description we heard last week in the gospel of how to deal with conflict. The description, the the conflict process that, that Reverend Nate preached on. Jesus outlined a specific process that involves talking to and engaging with directly the person who hurts us. Bringing that herd out into the open and dealing with it, whether or not the person admits, yeah, I did it, I'm sorry. So it's natural for Peter, after hearing that process, to ask about forgiveness. The offending person's heart may not have changed, but we're called to forgive. Forgive. And Jesus replies with this parable we just heard. It's a story of a slave who's wronged a king and has also been wronged by another slave. It's a story of someone who both needs forgiveness and also needs to forgive. Story of someone who hurt their king by not repaying a debt while being hurt by a compatriot who wasn't paying a debt to him. Now, if we were ancient Israelites hearing this parable, it would have jumped out as way more extreme than what our modern ears can hear because the first slave begging for forgiveness owes 10,000 talents. Now, a talent was a huge amount of money. The common currency was denarii. One denarius was one day's work. One talent was between 6,000 and 10,000 denarii. One talent, 6,000 to 10,000 days of work. And this slave owes 10,000 talents. We're talking 100,000 days of work, about 250 years worth of work. (laughs) Modern times, perhaps billions of dollars. And when the slave falls down, begging patience, begging for mercy, the king's heart is moved with compassion and pity. And even though this slave has grievously hurt the king's bottom line, with this astronomical debt, the king forgives. So the slave, happy, joyous, free of this debt, saunters off only to immediately encounter a fellow slave who hasn't been paying him back the 100 denarii, 100 days of work, a teeny-weeny sum compared to the 250 years' worth the king had just forgiven him. And what does the forgiven slave do? No compassion, no extravagant forgiveness, Instead, he taps into that anger and resentment over the debt and assaults his compatriot, grabs him by the throat, yells at him, then throws him into prison. doesn't matter that the slave says the exact same thing. Have patience with me. I will repay you. Now, the king who sees this or hears about this, is, in modern language, seriously pissed. <laughs> how come, when I've forgiven you, that forgiveness isn't changing how you deal with others? How come you're not showing the mercy you were granted so undeservedly? This is an exaggerated, wildly exaggerated con- t- contrast of committing harm and being forgiven by God, yet deciding to become our own God, to judge, convict, and punish those who've committed harm against us, withholding that love and forgiveness we were freely given. We are oh so human, and God knows we are oh so imperfect. Yet when we come before God humbly and honestly with the harm we've called, when we are the slave begging patience, forgiveness, we are forgiven. And our first reading today from the Hebrew scriptures from Genesis shows what human forgiveness can look like. It's a story of Joseph, the end of the story of Joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous of him. Joseph grants those same brothers years and years and years later. He grants them forgiveness. As Alexander Pope wrote, to err is human, to forgive divine. God, not forgiving seven times, but 77 times. So when we're hurt by others, real hurt, real pain, suffering that can feel astronomical. Jesus is setting forth a really difficult call. The divine forgiveness we've been granted, that needs to flow through us in our mundane, earthly dealings, needs to flow through us to others. Does that sound familiar? Forgiveness, we ask for flowing through to others. Every week we, pr- we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We must forgive, and when God forgives us, that transformative healing power of divine forgiveness can reach deep into our guilt of what we've done wrong and free us from those shackles And moving forward, the picture is that the true evidence of that healing power working in us is when we offer that same love and forgiveness to those who are guilty of wounding us. Jesus is calling us to be agents of transformation and healing through forgiveness. And the reality is our lives are chock full of conflict our imperfect selves wounding each other all the time. And the one thing this parable doesn't do is outline how psychologically, internally, how do we forgive? Forgiveness isn't easy. I can't even do it in a parking garage. Our instinct is to pay, repay evil for evil. To focus on the hurt is what we gravitate towards. And sometimes to nurture that woundedness and to stick with the silly parking garage example. Every time I drive down, I actually start fuming that there might be one of those people blocking the exit. (laughs) And then I bless whatever passenger may be in my car with a rampant description of that horrible person that might be there. That is evil clinging to me that I am sharing. And we tend to focus on our big hurts. Often to the extent that that woundedness shapes our behavior. Desmond Tutu's daughter, Empaw, is also a priest. And she's become a spiritual leader around forgiveness. She says that without forgiveness, our pain will beget revenge, which begets retaliation, which begets retribution. And that cycle of hurt and abuse and even violence continues ad infinitum. Together, M. Tutu and her father, Desmond, wrote a book on forgiving called The Book of Forgiving. They outline a fourfold path, the how of forgiving, the nitty gritty steps to take to heal ourselves and become agents of healing in the world. And in their words, it's a simple path, but it is not an easy one. And it's not a linear one. We go back and forth and back and forth, but it's a path diving straight into the heart of hurt and leading us into release, leading us away from the chains that are holding our hearts. In brief, the first step is telling the story. The second step, naming the hurt. Third step, granting forgiveness, letting go that right to exact retribution no longer actually honestly wishing ill of that person and for many getting to the point of actually wishing them well. The fourth step is renewing or releasing the relationship. Coming into right relationship with one another does not ignore the consequences of evil. The healthiest, holiest thing may or may not be to renew a relationship. Forgiveness doesn't deny injustice. It doesn't shove down or shove aside the pain. And it is not easy. To dive into this beautiful and simple, yet so challenging how, would probably take another 10 hours worth of sermons. So I will spare you Forgiveness is all about healing ourselves so we may become healing agents in the world. Short of giving those 10 sermons, let me tell you that our gospel today says that the seemingly impossible call to forgive is actually possible. God's forgiveness and unending love for us can and does release us from our wounds. It can and it does transform our hearts. And it can and it does open the door to a life that is truly happy, joyous, and free. So how many times are we to forgive? Not seven, 77, impossible, yet possible with God. Amen.